This week, Insteon vanishes. Ads could appear on your Xbox and PlayStation. And Netflix loses subscri- what subscribers. Uh, this is F5 Live, episode 622 for Sunday, uh, April 24th. 2022. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, There you can chat with us here in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, If you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows and all of the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. All right. Abram, we've been gone for a little while. We... Yes. We yes, had some it's been, holidays. It's been quite a time. We had some personal stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had uh, I when we were gonna do a midweek show a couple of weeks back, I uh, had the great uh, privilege of getting COVID uh, in the middle of that week. And Rona got gotcha. you. All I want to say is, you don't want it. Uh, if you haven't had it, you don't want it. And if you had it, you don't want it again. You know. Uh, <laughs> I really go out of my way to not get it uh, more so than almost than most people uh, wearing masks, even places I really don't have to. But at the same time, my son, you know, probably got it at school or a birthday party that he went to. And then I had a sore little sore throat and I asked, I took a test because I didn't want to be the, the jerk who goes into my office and, is coughing in the office because if you come in the office and you're coughing, people are like, what are you doing here? Right. So, yeah. um, so I, you know, I did it, did it and it came up positive and, you know, for the first day it was just like a sore throat, but then days like two and three and maybe four, I had like, like fever and chills that were like the worst, mm-hmm. like it get go from like freezing to burning and burning to freezing. I would be like super cold and put on like 10 layers of clothes uh, but only at night. During the day, I was okay. But at night, it was bad uh, for some reason. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and then it got... I actually read got, something one yeah. time, uh, COVID unrelated, mm-hmm. about how the human body tends to get fever symptoms more at night than during the day. I don't remember where I read that, but... Yeah, it was absolutely true in my case. Like, I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, I'm great. I'm better now. And then, like, around five six seven o'clock in the evening i started to feel the fever again the chills uh so really uh you know really unpleasant uh situation but um more so unpleasant my whole family got it more most unpleasant i think for my three-year-old uh who is obviously too young to be vaccinated and she uh or to understand what's happening 
Yeah, she had a, like a hundred and three degree fever, uh, like hundred three five fever, which is not good because I think if you get to like one hundred four or one hundred five, you should go to the hospital or something. Uh-huh. I mean, she wasn't sneezing or anything. It's just you know she is very hot and she was just very yeah. tired and lethargic for a couple of days, and we gave her medicine to try and like you know lower the fever, and then you know she got better. So you know. We, fortunately, we survived. I still with, feel a little tired. Fortunately, yeah. with children, that tends to be the way it goes. Is it? It tends to be mostly just fever and move on. Thank goodness. Now, my son, who gave it to probably gave it to all of us, he had almost no symptoms at all. That sounds about uh, right. So, so yeah, you know, he was he 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 made out the best. It's just you know, we had to to cancel doing some things, but. Yeah. Uh, we all got better in time to have his birthday party, which we had today. Uh, and uh, I will make a birthday party recommendation for wherever you are. Get a do what we did and get a video game truck. They uh, the kid, the kids and adults loved it. It's a truck that they pull up in front of your house that has oh, yeah. like a lot of gaming consoles in it and a big couch. And uh, you know they, I mean. It's like nothing that you couldn't do, I guess, in your own house, except how many, how many people have like a whole bunch of TVs and consoles right. next to each other. Right. Exactly. So. It's actually part of uh, something we're working on. So you hear that, right. Michelle? We're we're on the right track. Uh, <laughs> oh, you you guys are gonna have a gaming truck also. It's uh, it's it's part of part of something we're working on. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, you know, it was, uh, but it was good for him because he had the week off anyway for spring break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we used a lot of the time for other stuff. We built a gaming PC together. Uh, we had a bunch of spare parts and built him a game, a uh, pretty nice gaming PC. Uh, That's awesome. That he's now, now using to play, to do nothing but play Minecraft. Of course. Uh, and, as I would have expected. Uh, yes. Uh, one thing I learned though, this is just a little tidbit for anyone who's building a gaming PC. Uh, you can, if you have a modular power supply, which is a lot of power supplies these days, where which means that the cables aren't built into the power supply, they mm-hmm. snap in, they are not interchangeable with each other. So Correct. if you, so like I had, we had a bunch of old, of relatively old, you know, not recently used, but not heavily used power supplies lying around in the lab that, that nobody wanted anymore. So I brought home one that was uh, an SFF power supply, which is small form factor power supply, right? Mm-hmm. And, and But I found that the wires that came with it were too short to plug into the motherboard sure. that, in the case that we had. So we went and there was like another power supply in the office that was also modular and it had much longer cables. And I tried this other power supply and this other power supply did not work. It like, it made a smoke, it made a shot, like it sparked when I went to plug the cable into it just to plug it in, um, which I think, I think it just died. Uh, And then I tried using the long cables from it with the SFF power supply and the SFF power supply didn't work. So I was like, oh wow, the motherboard must be dead. I need a new motherboard, bought a new motherboard. But then I also bought some extension cables and I got extension power cables. Yep. Used extension power cables with the SFF power supplies 
original cables together uh-huh. and i realized the motherboard i had was fine. fine it was just that i had to have i could not use cross use the cables uh, but yeah. another little lesson from this is i don't know if this has ever happened to you it's never happened to me although uh but our power supply expert aris at, at tom's hardware tells me that if you have a power supply that has been sitting around for a few years on a shelf not being used it uh and you go to plug it in for the first time it may die because the capacitors may have i don't know Expanded. somehow eroded eroded or something just from sitting on the shelf they uh and i like a I've like a lithium ion battery before. with a lithium like a lithium ion battery they can poof up the chemical reaction goes bad inside the capacitors oh this is the first that i had had heard of it is that true also if you have a power supply that's never been used before ever and sitting in a box probably not because the chemical reaction hasn't been may not have ever been initiated and certainly not been used in any meaningful way, even if it did a burn in, you know, I mean, you do a hundred hour the burn power in, su- even that's the power supply that we had it. We had used it in a test build and maybe we used it for maybe 20 hours. Okay. Uh, and, and that's the one that sparked and died. So just, just enough to know. get the, the capacitors going, I guess. I don't know that capacitors are weird. Uh, yeah plain yeah. and simple capacitors weird. And, are weird anyway so uh i don't know yeah he he claims that what he does is if he has power supplies he's not using he takes them out once a month or something and plugs them in uh just to just to like give him some juice uh wild so anyway i never heard that one before but interesting for what it's worth well i can tell you at radio shack we used to have capacitors in the uh, parts drawers that would sometimes go bad in the same way that had never had any power applied to them. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, capacitors are weird. Look, and depending on the type of capacitor. For... Yeah. I mean, this really doesn't look good for the zombie apocalypse because like, once that <laughs> happens, you know, your capacity, you, you could have some perfectly good unused capacitors sitting around and like, you know, five, ten years after the zombies destroy all of our industrial capacity, you won't be able to, like, power anything up. Could be. Provided you had electricity in the first place. Right, right. May have to, uh, may have to raid a, uh, an old Amazon or Radio Shack warehouse for, <laughs> for some unused capacitors and cross our fingers and hope. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, well... We got some news to get down to, so uh, let's get to it. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, uh, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To learn uh, more about the discount and uh, to browse the products that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Unrelated, uh, I've been making that joke about the Xbox for a while. It looks like the uh, Series X is... uh, 
possibly going to be in stock long term here soon. Yeah, it looks like supplies are they're gonna screw up my joke, I mean, but it's good for it's good for gamers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that that one. I mean, in my experience, it seems like people have been able to get Series X. Not that has not been nearly as hard as getting a PS5. The S has been easy to get. The X has still been a challenge ish, and the PlayStation has been cross your fingers and hope. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a former colleague, Matt Swider, who basically made his his bones uh, tweeting about mm-hmm. PS5 restockings. Mm-hmm. He actually, like, he was doing it for Tech Radar. Uh, he did so well at that, he decided he was going to start his own business, uh, quit and start his own business, basically, doing uh, that plus other stuff. But he, he developed, like, really good contacts within, I don't know, stores like best buy people gotcha. would tell him stuff that he shouldn't know about <laughs> when a truckload was coming in or something understood well that that helps when you're trying to do that isn't it yeah <laughs> well anyway you and i have had a lot of conversations uh previous hosts we've had conversations dating back many years about some of the the issues with uh, cloud powered things uh, one of them is that uh, sometimes they just get shut off with or without warning. Uh, and last weekend, one of those happened without warning. Uh, Insteon, which was one of the kind of original connected home platforms. Um, there was X10, which was not quite connected home, but kind of ran over the power line. Insteon added um, its own kind of proprietary 900 megahertz communication. Um, they pioneered the wireless um, uh, repeating uh, in connected devices. Last weekend, Insteon's connected devices stopped functioning. Um, obviously, the first thought was, must be the, uh, the cloud integration. So if you went to their website and went to the... Uh, to the status checker page, it said, all's good, no worries. No, uh, definitely not that. As it turns out, the company shut down without letting customers know, without any kind of warning, without any kind of messaging, even on their website, for days. Um, between the time that devices stopped working and the company finally acknowledged what was happening. Let's see. Their Twitter went dark and stopped responding to customer questions. Their uh, forums on their website went dark. Um, their app obviously stopped functioning. Connected devices stopped functioning. And then the weird things happened. Their executives pulled the company off their LinkedIn profiles. Their CEO shut his LinkedIn profile down uh, after this, gone altogether. Um, finally, they admitted, gone. Um, they were hoping, they're hoping to come back. It says, Dear Insteon Community, in 2017, after many successful years, Smart Labs found itself in financial difficulties and the path forward was unclear. Uh, that year, Smart Labs took in additional capital 
and brought in new management to turn the situation around. They do not mention, by the way, the company that made the purchase, who the CEO <laughs> uh, owned. <laughs> so the, so this, this capital management company bought Smart Labs. The capital management company installed their founder as CEO, and he's the one whose LinkedIn profile is gone. Uh, skipping ahead... Uh, although incredibly difficult, we hope the Insteon community understands the tireless efforts by all the employees to serve our customers and deeply apologize to the community. So, uh, so the the in between bits is that they've been trying to sell the company again for several months. It fell apart in March. March. It fell apart a month ago. So they knew what was coming. They knew a shutdown was coming, and they went, "Ah, we don't need to let anybody know." We don't need to have a transition path. We don't have to have documentation. No worries. We won't open source the software. We're just going to boop, disappear. That sucks. Yeah, it does. So this really leads to a few um, recurring issues. This is a great example of of oh bless you excuse me sorry what i would call well i'm supposedly negative so i (laughs) periodically don't don't worry scott you won't catch it um excellent anyway you you two uh you two live live viewers anyway so um if you do it's not because of him that I mean, the internet's not that good. Uh, So anyway, what I was going to say is, you know, this really, I mean, we've talked, I think, a little bit before about right to repair Mm -hmm. um, and e-waste. And this is a great example of of e-waste being created uh, and, and, uh, you know, whether, whether there should be a right to... I don't know a right to use, right? Because mm-hmm. right, there's yeah. a lot a of devices. There's a lot of devices that rely on the cloud. Mm-hmm. They have to have the cloud to to work, right? And it it does like, for example, here's one that like I don't get why it needs a cloud at all. But like the other day, I got a Google Mesh router from my mom, and we put it in, and like to control the mesh router you have to go into a cloud ui and it's really not clear to me that whether this would still work if google turned off the its cloud ui just to do just to set up just to like you know is it actually a cloud or is it a server running on the thing no i think it was actually in the cloud okay because i've got i think it was actually a google address We've got two things going on uh, in the offices here, two different mesh systems. And both of them require you to go to a website, something.com, but both of them, uh, that thing is hosted uh, on the main Oh, wait, router. so the dot .com, it's a dot .com, but the DNS is in, uh, is in your local. So I, yep. I, you know what, they, they could have fooled me. I don't know. But <laughs> it does make you, it does make you think like, you know, things like your router, mm-hmm. Uh, if your router has to connect to the cloud, 
things like um, like this smart home stuff. And and did you really need it to connect to the cloud? Because I mean, if it's so, controlling something within your home. So the the good news is, not everything stopped working. So the app is currently DOA. Um, the first in, but and most important thing to know is if you have Insteon and you have one of the home hubs, do not reset it. If you're hearing this, do not reset your hub. Once it's reset, you're done. It requires it. Ah, see, here you go. It requires access to their cloud to be able to uh, to reinitialize. But if you don't reset it, um, there are some alternatives. Other so. The switches still control the bulbs. The you know all the things that are set up still work um, as expected. Um, you you've lost things like um, schedules and you know automations like that. Uh, if this, then that integration, things like that, gone. Um, but your internal things, if you flip a switch, it'll still turn your bulb on and off. So at least there's that. Um, we have links to two different um, open source products that both are able to uh, compensate for the lack of the uh, the the cloud. Uh, one is called uh, Home Assistant, and one is called OpenHab. Uh, both of them support Insteon uh, because Insteon has had a pretty open API. Uh, they came to a, I've got some stuff in my file cabinet out there. They came to a meetup that we did for the Microsoft developers group here in Tampa. Uh, one of their, one of their engineers actually traveled uh, here to give a talk on how to program for Insteon. So they've been pretty open about it for a long time, which is at least good in this case, which means that there's ways to, to bypass and you know, give yourself a second life. But, you know, if it was, if it was somebody like, I don't know, Apple, right? They're not open about anything. That's the whole Epic Games lawsuit, right? They're not open about anything. If they shut things down, investment gone, e-waste created. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a lot of people's money being thrown out. I mean, like a lot of these things you don't need you don't want to replace every five years or whatever. So, and, and I, I also want to point out, I'm not convinced that just because, okay, so here's a company that went out of business, but that doesn't necessarily mean that if you buy something that's made by Samsung or Microsoft or Google, Oh, certainly not Microsoft, (laughs) that they are going to support it in perpetuity, even though the company will continue to exist is like, I mean, we don't expect Microsoft to go out of business anytime soon. We don't no, expect but, Google to go out of business anytime soon. But, but, but I expect both of those companies, products. I expect both of those companies to release things and then pull the plug out, you know, pull the rug out from under them fairly quickly. For example, yeah. the Cortana home speakers. Right, exactly. So, you know, there's there are things like that that, that will have, you know, the the rug pulled out from under them. So I would, you know, this is not something that's advertised, but I would, I would love to, to see when I got a product, like how cloud dependent is this? Yeah. Like 
It's a great idea. Like, I would love to get, like, some kind of a report or something like, what do you need to hit our servers for? Now, the problem is companies don't want to, to, to share this information. They want you to behave as if what you buy will always work. Mm-hmm. And they want you to behave uh, or, or just not care. Uh, and, of course, they never want to admit that there's a possibility that they could either drop support for the product or um, or just end up dropping support because they don't exist anymore. So, you know, I mean, this, this applies not only to smart home stuff, but to such a wide variety of things. Smart watch, uh, mm-hmm. robot, robot kits for kids, even video, yeah. even some video games and video game systems. Some. Uh, so many. I mean, for example, here's an example from, from my life. You probably have some better ones. But years back, right, uh, when my son was really into it, uh, into this, we got um, Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a thing. For those who don't know, it was like a, a Toys to Life thing. So you'd have like the Disney Infinity game, and then you'd get the figures, which had NFC in them. And you place them on this uh, like dock that would read the NFC, and it would make the character appear in the game. Mm-hmm. And it did actually work. Like Disney cut off support for it, right? right? And we, when we got it, like a friend of mine gave it to me. He's like, "Sorry to say, Disney cut off support. It worked. So good, good, good. There, it worked, but it was missing some key features. Like it, you could play it, but you couldn't download other." Like there was a whole sure. bunch of user content you could never download anymore because of that, whatever. So, yeah. you know, there's just a lot of things like that where you end up with, uh, you know, with a brick and mm-hmm. that's going to end up in a landfill somewhere. And, you know, oh. this is a real shame. So <laughs> the amount I would of like stuff to see... around our offices that are that is. <laughs> So oh, it's painful. I would, I would really like to see some type of report or a statement or whatever. I mean, yeah. remember we used to get what, what was that thing that you used to get where you would it would show how environmentally friendly the product was. Oh, you know what I'm talking about e what was it called? Yeah, I feel yeah, like nobody yeah. does it and it uses it anymore. Yeah, but there was a you you like get a, like a logo or something. Like a like a, the the more advanced version of the the little yellow sticker on the side of your TV when you buy it. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was uh no it I mean it was it wasn't telling you how much power it used. I guess it was telling you right what percentage of it was recycled or something yeah, like that. It, that's what I mean. It was a significantly more advanced version of here's how much power you're gonna save. Period. Yeah. That's so that's anyway, all the stickers. But this had all you know it had it had some power stuff. It had recycled material it had uh recyclable material yeah i know what you're talking about i can't think of what it was called. so though. so there should be like a cloud dependency sticker or something on air, on anything you buy that is any that's remotely connected to anything and it should and, and it should tell you what it depends on the cloud for even if it's something like a mouse you know, maybe the cloud dependency sticker would say something like drivers and updates or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind of implied, but it still works, right. you know, aside from that. But like everything that you get should have some type of 
cloud dependency sticker or some kind of warning. And then I would buy the thing that has the least cloud dependency. Yeah. That would be a selling point for me. For sure. And it could be like also, a, it's more secure. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I am not going to find a domain and start this organization tonight. That is the commitment I'm making. I can't make the commitment that I'm not going to do it tomorrow. But <laughs> the commitment that I'm making right now is that I'm not going to create an organization before midnight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that would be a, a great thing. Um, you know, it could have essentially like a maybe a five-point traffic light type, type thing, right. and then you could... I don't know, scan a QR code and it would take you to the, the full report or something like that on all the things that are cloud dependent. Yeah. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. And you don't get, unfortunately you don't get um, a lot of, you know, that information's not easy to come by. It's not regularly disclosed. And right. sometimes, like you said, like we were talking about the router, it's not clear. It's not clear to me what would happen to my Google routers if Google's cut off, Google cut off support from them. Mm-hmm. Or God forbid, screwed up and uh, forgot to renew their domain name, <laughs> <laughs> which they have absolutely done before. So, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? There's there's lots of things that are that are not even like actively uh, aggressive, <laughs> like like terminating support for a product. There are things that are potentially, you know, passively aggressive like forgetting to re renew a domain and then um, your device checks for an update and downloads something malicious because somebody else owns the domain. Right. There's all kinds of things like that. Yeah. Uh, that's all of that is interesting. Um, yeah. So that's one of those things you got to keep an eye out for is uh, cloud dependency on stuff. You know, you're talking about Disney infinity. I famously, uh, committed to never spend money on a mobile game ever again after uh, EA shut down uh, Playfish uh, and screwed us out of uh, SimCity Social. So I, I totally get it. I have been, uh, I have been on this kind of weird relationship with the cloud in products for a while. So I definitely get it. Um, we'll see. I don't think Insteon's coming back. That's my guess. Um, also, uh, by the way, since the parent company is what has shut down, uh, if you have Nokia branded uh, home devices, also don't reset your your home hub. They make the same product. It's uh, their products with the Nokia name on them. So I would also recommend not shutting down uh, that hub or uh, resetting it because of the same problem. My guess is the Insteon stuff will work for you as well. Anyway. Just a PSA. We've got links at uh, plugitslive.com slash the upstream. So definitely go check it out. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Pure VPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with Pure VPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available 
for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price right now with a 31-day money-back guarantee by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right. Okay, so I got a quick story before we start. You have been dancing to your theme music for years now. And I, I co-host another show on Fridays, uh, GNC Week in Review. And uh, we just launched music. And since I have no responsibilities while the music is playing, I find myself dancing to it. <laughs> so. Exactly. I, was, even said, I, mean, um, I said on the show this week, I'm like, I understand Avram now. <laughs> well, let's, I you know what? Actually, I should, I should get a loop of that music. And when I'm like about to like... I don't know. Do something. Uh, I'll I'll just play it for myself. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you know. Some people just feel like they have to have theme music. Like my kids, for example. My son, his like before he's gonna do something he thinks is cool or whatever. He he makes us play Jump Up Superstar, which is oh, this, uh, wonderful. This what Mario game song, and he and like he just goes nuts for it, and then like. My daughter starts, you know, heard the song and now she likes it too. And uh, I'm so <laughs> sick of it. Anyway. But, uh, um, oh my goodness. I'm so sick of it. But, you know, anyway. So, uh, <sighs> speaking of things I'm not sick of. Um, so, tomorrow, as if you're watching this live, Monday the 25th at Tom's Hardware my day job, we are going to be announcing our 26 uh, winners of the first annual Tom's Hardware Innovation Awards. These are, we will be doing the announcement at 3 p.m. Eastern. We're having, uh, we have an article on our homepage that points you to the uh, live stream. And of course, we'll be putting up an article at about 3.30 with all the listings in it. I'm going to spoil it a little bit and talk about some of the winners right now to what everyone's appetite but before i do that i'd like to pose the question to to you scott we uh went through the last year like the last 12 months so from let's say april of last of last year through the end of march the last say 365 days or so okay. um what uh what products did you think did you see that were the most innovative. Now, these could be products that launched during that shipped during that first ship during that period, or they could be things that were announced but not yet uh, shipped. In which case, we're judging them based on the potential, but you know we haven't totally tested them. So, what uh, we went through and we identified twenty six of these. All of our uh, editor editorial staff, we went through and had a. A long talk about them we, we did not say that we had to have one in each product category so we've got a couple okay. of different 3d printers and and so you don't have to have you know one for everything what would you say are innovative products not just good products they don't even have to necessarily they may not even be the best products <laughs> just ones that are different and trying to sort of break some new ground okay so obviously the the time where I pull most of my interesting stuff from tends to be our CES coverage. And 
And I've got a couple from our CES coverage this year. Um, some from myself and some that I'm going to say that our viewers probably agree with because one of these videos has been unbelievably popular for us, which suggests that somebody, that a lot of people tend to find what they're up to um, innovative or at least um, desirable, right? Um, that is a product called On To Cook. Um, it is essentially um, the Trivection Oven from 30 Rock. Anybody who was a fan of 30 Rock, somebody has essentially made the Trivection Oven just in a smaller form factor. Um, it's a really interesting concept. Um, speeds up the cooking process without um, all of the nutritional loss of, say, a microwave while still using uh, microwave technology on a very small level, which I think is a really interesting idea. I know it was a joke on 30 Rock, but it's legitimately it's almost exactly uh, what these guys put together in real life. Um, and it's been, the video on our YouTube channel has been wildly successful. Um, and no, if you were coming here because uh, YouTube has decided, because I mentioned it again, that... <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we have any additional information. No, I still don't know a price. I still don't know a release date. And uh, as soon as I do, I will let you know because we get that question all the time. Um, there's also a company called Lumalore that has this. Uh, do you know it? No, but it sounds familiar. Well, it sounds vaguely familiar. So it is electroluminescent uh, lighting. Uh, it's really cool. They were showing it off, um, essentially being able to put, um, like actual aluminum, like actual lighting as a sticker on things like, uh, bike helmets and things like that. Uh, you know, if you could just stick on some things and it could be controlled, you could have turn signals and stuff on your helmet without having to add a bunch of weight and stuff. Um, and it takes basically zero power, which was really impressive. Um, I found that pretty, pretty innovative and also useful. Um, can you turn it on and off or is it just yeah. constantly on? Yeah, you can turn it on and off. Yeah. Um, because they were talking about turns using it for turn signals on the back of a helmet, uh, for example, uh, or powering it on. Uh, they've got an example that's like a stripe down the back, uh, from front to back on a helmet. Uh, but they also said they could in, it could be integrated uh, just like just like my logo, you know the F five Live logo is is put onto the shirt. Uh, this could illuminate if we wanted it to. Um, all pretty cool. Um, that that seemed pretty pretty innovative to me. Um, what else did I have? I had one other thing that I saw on here that stuck out to me, but now it is gone. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I don't know where it went. I don't remember what the other one was. So I'm going to stop there for right this second until I find something else. Those were those were two of my favorite um, non-iterative things uh, from our coverage this year. All right. Does anybody? Is there anyone in the chat room right now who has any things that anything that they thought thought was particularly innovative? In I don't see anything. Year? I don't see anything right now. Hopefully right. somebody will say I something. Will, I will start with some of mine. And if anyone wants to jump in, I'm really excited to hear 
uh, to hear yours. So we have 26. I'm not going to say I'll spoil the whole thing tomorrow by saying all 26, but let's <laughs> go with a few selected ones. Uh, so uh, one of our selections, and, and uh, this is a really innovative product in the sense that it's really creating i mean the desire has been out there for this product but perfecting it in this way is really i think going to lead to a lot of copycats uh which is good uh the valve steam deck gaming console so sure. the uh you know we have seen i wish i had one here to show uh we have seen uh pcs that were in you know, a handheld form factor before there's some small companies that made them and they didn't, you know, I don't think a lot of people have bought those. The HD mini or something like that. Yeah. Like the win that's it it called the win PD or something. Yeah. Uh, There are a couple of companies like that. Uh, Notice that you haven't seen like a major company get in, although uh, you know, you have seen, companies sort of tease at it or do things like android or whatever but like valve is responsible for steam so they have a huge library of games and in making the steam deck they put steam os on it which is a flavor of linux and then they've used uh proton which is a windows compatibility layer for linux to make a lot more of the games play on it and you can install Windows on it, but it's not really recommended. Uh, and so they have a library of hundreds of games that can run on this handheld console that has kind of the look and feel of a Switch. Although I wish you could actually take the controllers off. But that's another story. But there seems to be a lot of pent-up demand for a handheld gaming system that runs PC games. And... Valve has actually done it. They've done it at a reasonable price with good quality. Um, And so I think we're going to see more systems like this. And that is a really good thing. And the one that they did come out with is, is, is really good. So we're, we're uh, waiting on ours. Kudos to Valve for not just having a good idea, but having good execution of that idea. Um, Speaking of other things that were, you know, really good, good idea, good ideas with good execution. Um, one, uh, one that we're announcing tomorrow is the HyperX Cloud Alpha wireless headset. Uh, why? How can you innovate with a wireless headset? I mean, we've had a lot of wireless headsets on the market. I'm wearing one, not a Cloud Alpha. I'm wearing a Logitech headset. But anyway, what makes this one different is that it offers 300 hours of battery life. Um, that is about 10 times what most wireless 2.4 gigahertz headsets deliver. So, you know, imagine not even really having to think about charging very often. Uh, just, you know, increasing the battery life to that extent is definitely innovative and obviously something I think everyone would like to see, to see more of. Um, yeah, that's that, that's that like line that between, uh, both innovative and, uh, uh, wanted. 
Yeah. Also, we tested. I should say that this is one we tested. It's hard to do a benchmark test of this type of thing to say it lasts exactly 300 hours. But our tester used it frequently over two week period, and it was just below like 50% battery life after that. So wow, uh, it seems to really deliver <coughs> deliver what it says. So um, you know, kudos to HyperX for uh, for really uh setting a standard for battery life um speaking of standards uh amd's ryzen 7 5800 x 3d cpu which coincidentally we just published our review of last week uh is the new best cpu for gaming and it does it in a way that is really innovative so you notice that the name is 5800 x 3D. How can a CPU be 3D? I mean, how could it even be 2D? I mean, it's not like you're watching it. Well, the idea is that they are using, uh, they're stacking chips, they're stacking components in a way to increase the amount of L3 cache. Uh, so this has 96 megabytes of L3 cache on it. The 96 megabytes of L3 cache uh, really make the difference. And this uh, it's what's called AMD calls uh, 3D vCache. The 3D vCache allows this chip to beat Intel's uh, Core i9-12900KS, which costs like 70% more uh, on gaming. Now, it doesn't mean that it's faster. The actual the Intel is a little bit faster on some non-gaming tasks, but still uh, using this 3D vCache technology, which had previously been used by AMD in some data center chips, but never in a uh, end user CPU before, uh, is a real innovation. And uh, I expect that we'll see more of it, particularly when uh, the company comes out with a new generation of Ryzen chips later this year. Um, a couple other innovative things that came out uh, in the last 26 months, uh, we really, uh, you know, we, I have right here actually. So here I'll, I'll bring a prop and announce something, announce one because I have the prop here. This is the Dell ultra sharp, uh, webcam, and it is a really innovative webcam. It goes for a uh, street price of under just less than $200. And you'll see that it looks a little weird for a webcam. It's got this, yeah, actually, this cover on is, is magnetic. That's right. Uh, and then there's a stand, which is over here somewhere. Uh, yes. So. I think this is the stand for sticking it onto your monitor. Um, so, whoa, I have not, I don't have a lot of experience with sticking this on my monitor, I have to admit. But anyway, magnetic. Uh, so this thing operates at 4K. Uh, it's not the first 4K webcam, but it is a fantastic 4K webcam. It uses a... Uh, a Sony sensor, uh, really, really good quality. It also could do 60 FPS at, at 1080p, 
So for those who are streaming, you can get, uh, you know, pretty high refresh rate, six, pretty high frame rate consider, uh, considering for webcam at 60 FPS. And the low light performance and the overexposed performance are really excellent. There is our reviewer tested this by uh, in front of a sunny wind in front of the window on a sunny day. And that is poison for a webcam. For a normal webcam, you will your face will be totally in shadow and the bright light behind you will be what people see. Uh, but this webcam was smart enough that it dimmed the window light and brightened her face. Uh, and so, which is, which no other webcam did, did nearly as well. Uh, so Dell has broken in with a really high quality webcam. Uh, they've, oh, they've also innovated in the field of view. Uh, this has three different fields of views, including 90 degrees, which is really wide. Uh, I'm talking to you now on a Logitech C920, and that I think is of what, 73 or 75 degree field of view. Uh, so you can see it's much wider, but you can also operate it at 78 degrees or I think 64 degrees, so depending on how tight you want to get into your face. Uh, so a, a really, really neat webcam. Uh, and by the way, they really focus on the fact that it's a webcam because it has no microphone in it. A lot of webcams have a built-in mic, which is somewhat of a convenience. Uh, but you know what? If you're really serious about your camera, then you probably want to be serious about your mic too and have and have a, a podcast mic. So um, so this is another really innovative product uh, from from the last year. Um, we've got a bunch more that I could talk about, but I think we'll save some of those for the for tomorrow's broadcast at 3 p.m. Come to tomshardware.com and uh, you can see more of these. We've got a lot of really neat things on our on our list, um, and uh, and we'll be talking about it. Well, I can tell you, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that was uh, the the things that we showed off there. I was shocked, honestly. I know you said Dell. And I absolutely heard Logitech because I just assumed it's a great webcam. It must be Logitech. I, I right? I was shocked. No, Logitech when, when I actually heard you say has not. Logitech actually needs to. I mean, their traditional webcams, the C920, which has been around forever, and the variants of it, the C922, whatever, uh -huh. yeah. the C930, which is sort of a business version. They're all great, and they're and considering the price that you pay for them, like seventy dollars, they're still probably the best value around in webcams. Yeah. But on the high end, Logitech is not actually in a great place. They have a four K camera called the Brio that's been out for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not it's not nearly as good as as this Dell. Uh, they're all you know so you know if you if you are a streamer. Uh, if you were doing a show like this show right here, you might and you want the best quality webcam, then uh, then the Dell UltraSharp webcam is it. Um, we have another webcam on our list 
tomorrow that uses some interesting technology uh, and is quite a bit more expensive than the Dell and beats it on a couple of things and loses to it on a couple of others. But as far as what I would get if I were buying a webcam and I could spend, say, up to $200 on it, I would get the Dell UltraSharp webcam without a doubt. It is a fantastic, fantastic camera. And one thing I think we've all learned over the last couple of years is having a good camera matters. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I uh, out out in Mission Control, uh, I had been running a, a 920, 920 flat from like when they came out. Uh, and I, I replaced it with the, uh, the Razer one. With the Keo Pro? Yeah. The Keo or the Keo Pro? Keo Pro. The Keo Pro is another competitor to this. It's really not bad. It does pretty good low light, but, uh, Dell is better. The Dell Ultra Sharp is better. Well, you know, we had a relationship with them for a while. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's a good, it's a good good webcam. I've been real happy with it, especially uh, like uh, I think on Thursday uh, they did a somebody did a sale on them again uh, for half price, and at at ninety nine dollars, it's a heck of a deal. Yeah, no, that's that that is a good deal. I mean, this is still this is still expensive. It lists for two hundred and and but I've seen it selling for like one eighty something. So yeah, it's still it's still expensive, and for some folks they might be annoyed that it has no microphone in it. Sure. So, so, uh, yeah, you know, but it is, you know, far as low light performance and the, the really wide field of view, yeah, that's it's cool. just fantastic. That's cool. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the, the stream tomorrow. Uh, you said three o'clock. Where are we going to be? Is Eastern. It- Go to tomshardware.com and we have embedded the YouTube. It's also on our YouTube channel, Tom's okay. YouTube.com slash Tom's Hardware. But we have an article up. We'll be on the home on the homepage that actually has a video embedded in it so you can watch. And then if you don't aren't there to watch, uh, our, our, our full article about it's also going to go up at 3.30. So. Perfect. Well, I will be there at 3 uh, for sure. I've already set an alarm while you were... Uh, right talking about the couple of items. I'm very excited about it. And uh, as always, uh, thank you. And I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, Bluetooth 5.0, 7.1 surround sound, plus a lot of extras uh, for the best gaming headset for the price. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC, plus they won't break the bank. You can learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa.
something not great in the gaming world right now is the conversations taking place at both Microsoft and Sony about uh, in-game advertising platforms for the Xbox and the PlayStation. We know that on uh, mobile games, we talked about a little while ago, we talked mobile games. Uh, On mobile games, there's a lot of advertising, oftentimes straight-up commercials. Um, It's the way a lot of mobile games, especially the free-to-play, whether you're playing, you know, uh, Candy Crush or the office doesn't matter um they're mostly powered by by advertising the few exceptions are things like pokemon go uh that that do everything based on in-game uh in-app purchases but we've mostly avoided obtrusive advertising in games on consoles sure in racing games you'll see you know the tracks might have sponsors in the same way they would in a real game uh in ufc or fifa of course you might see uh brand logos things like that but minus one glaring exception that i can come up with um we've mostly not seen any kind of hardcore advertising um in console games uh, UFC 4 uh, being that glaring exception. They ran a full commercial in the game um, and gamers revolted and uh, EA actually had to go to Reddit to apologize. It was a, it was a big thing. Um, so EA's gotten real good at ap- apologizing for stupid decisions though. Um, but in this case, Microsoft... First, there was a report that Microsoft was working on an in-game advertising platform and not to be outdone. A report came out that Sony was uh, having similar, if not identical, conversations in-house about the same thing. What I'm hoping is that the slightly more detailed information that we've gotten from uh, Sony's camp is going to be the reality for Microsoft as well. Sony is essentially um, talking about uh, say you're in a city and there's a billboard. The advertisement could be generated um, and and swapped out just like ads on either of our websites are at any given time, um, which, which I think would be okay. What I'm hoping is not going to be the case is to progress, you have to watch a commercial like in the mobile games or like UFC 4. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, but, you know, we see advertisements on the Xbox dashboard already. Essentially, Microsoft wants to expand that. Um, and Sony wants to get in on the game as well. Um, neither company has really talked about how... Well, neither company has talked about anything. But the people who have anonymously given information on the talks um, have said that neither company is really sure on how um, monetization might work. But both of them are are um, going to control who can and cannot advertise. And that, I think, is the reason why both are getting involved. I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. My thought is both companies know that this is coming and there's nothing they can do to stop it. And so they want to make it easy to integrate in-game advertising 
um, while still being able to control the content. That's my feelings on what's going on. It wasn't how I felt when I wrote the article, but it's how I'm feeling today. Um, that might change tomorrow, but that's where I am right now. Uh, what do you think, Abram? <coughs> Sorry. I think that the this if it leads to you getting games cheaper or free to play, uh, then then it is probably a good thing for the consumer. Although, as we've seen on mobile, a lot of that really becomes very annoying. But at the same time, I mean, you know, some things you just are expensive and you don't want to have to pay for. And so, and so, you, you know, you pay with your time, mm -hmm. right? Now, sure. I hope that when, I think what will really annoy people and would annoy me is if I paid $60 for a game, and then I'm playing the game and I have to watch ads. I mean, there's product placement and then there's ads, right? Like yeah. if I'm on a racing game and I see a little billboard uh, that I'm racing by, I mean, whatever. But uh, I suspect that it, that is what we're talking about here. From from what both companies are saying or what the spokes, the anonymous people <laughs> with inside knowledge, as we know, is how this information gets out all the time. Um, uh, both companies are looking at that kind of a model where it would be more like, um, uh, digital billboards, uh, in games than it would be, uh, full over the top commercials. What, I mean, what do they mean by a billboard? Is it like going to be something that's sticky to the top of the screen? No, no, no. Like, like actual, like in town or in game billboards like if you're in if you're in grand theft auto online let's say and there, <laughs> and there are physical billboards throughout the town you know spotify could put put an ad on that billboard um how many it, how many games have how many games have that kind of world where you I don't know. see that i don't know but my i suspect that the game companies because remember you know when it comes to the consoles, the 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 consoles approve and deny releases for, for titles, right? So right. I have a feeling that the publishers have been coming to Microsoft and Sony and going, there's demand for this in our games, and so far you're not allowing us to... So far there's no way to do it. We're thinking about doing it. This is what we want to do. And Microsoft and Sony are going, oh... They could run ads for anything they want. That would be a huge problem. What if we build an ad platform to prevent them from yeah, being in charge? Be... Then we can be in charge. So that way we know that it's not going to be inappropriate content. Because I'll tell you, the I've been playing this stupid mobile office game. And I hate everybody who suggested it. Um, <laughs> so I spend too much time in it. But I'll tell you, there are some... There are a lot of ads that I'm surprised are allowed to run on an Apple device, to be perfectly honest. Apple doesn't have control over the ads that are run. But they are for games that are in their store. So, a little bit. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think they want to prevent that situation. That's my guess. Right this second. I mean, I Again, hope... My thoughts are evolving do. on it. I hope they do, because online ad networks are notorious for not Mm -hmm. uh, not adequately screening ads. I mean, go to any good, any content site on the web. 
I, I, the, the best example I can, I can come up with offhand was when, uh, G4 TV before they went away was using the Yahoo ad platform. Uh, cause Comcast had, doesn't matter. They were using Yahoo as their ad provider and Yahoo didn't approve a, a particular ad. It just happened. And, um, uh, G4 started delivering malware to their users through their website. Right. So you really, I mean, you really like a lot of these ad networks don't, don't vigorously screen ads at all. Yeah. Uh, and that, and you know, publishers don't have time and they don't actually even have the ability if it's on an ad network to pre-screen things. Right. So you can only be retroactive. Yeah. You could just complain after. So it, it's, it's a, it's a really big problem. So yeah, I mean, I hope that there'll be a higher standard for these game consoles because kids play it and, and it's, yeah, you know, oh, it's just, that's an I interesting to, point too. And right. that. I mean, granted you like kids on the internet and, and they end up seeing all kinds of weird stuff that they shouldn't, but, uh, but like, you know, that's probably then the other question that arises to me though, is you say that stuff is going to be in game, but there's some pretty illicit things that people do in a game. Like, uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't played it, but like grand theft auto. Yeah. I mean, beating up hookers. Some pretty, you said it on me, but anyway, right. So like, Stuff like that. I mean, first of all, kids shouldn't be playing such a game anyway. But true. But like, it's rating. But like, says that straight up. But but here, but here's the interesting question: Advertisers are also very sensitive to where their ads appear. True. So, are they going to? What kind of situations? I mean, not our problem. I guess that's probably Rockstar Games' problem or whoever is making a games' problem. But like, you know. If there's a part of the game where a player can do something, I don't know, let's say antisocial, sure. You probably don't want your ad showing in that part of the game. Sure. It's also uh, also think about the implications for streaming. So now you're so let's say I'm game a game streamer, I stream. Fascinating. Now that ad is getting out there to a lot of people who are watching my stream. Um yeah. Now that's because... probably good. For the advertiser, they probably like it. You're, but. you know, you're sponsored by, say, Exa, right? And you're streaming a streaming a game, and all of a sudden, a, a Logitech headset ad runs during your stream. I mean, that can happen on Twitch anyway. But you, you can't. I mean, advertisers can't win like that. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, it. It's. I don't know if that causes any problems per se, but. Uh, I mean, some some streamers have relationships where they're sponsored by X, Y, or Z company, and right. then a competitor could come up and whatever. But uh, on the other hand, nothing really the streamer can do about it, I'm sure. So then you, then you start thinking in that same vein, you start thinking, you know, a lot of games are starting to implement a streamer mode, right? Where they don't use licensed music and things like that. Um, I wonder if there might be such a thing. Uh, hmm. Yeah, maybe that's, that that's, might. I affect... mean, I hope somebody's thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a On couple the other... of topics that we've just brought up that hopefully somebody's thinking about. You know, uh, you know, advertiser content warnings and things like that. All, yeah. all the things that yeah. 
that Google, let's say YouTube in particular, has learned over the last 15 years the hard way that we report on on a regular basis. Hopefully they're listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and if you're listening, and they've been right listening now, to the problems. Tell us what innovative uh, stuff you've seen the last year. <laughs> yes. And no, if you're from Microsoft and Sony, your own products don't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other company's products don't count. Let's, Let's knock both of them out of, out of contention if you work for either of those companies. <laughs> but yeah, there's, okay. there's a lot of interesting, interesting things that as I was writing this, I did not consider. That's why I always love doing the show. Because we always come up with aspects of these topics that I just never considered. So yeah, the, the content, is something like Fable, right? Or, or uh, Grand Theft Auto. You can't kill the kids, but you can kill the dog. Um, in Fable. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want your advertisement side by side with, with particular content. So, I mean, there'd be all kinds of things. This is a, a more complicated thing than I fear might be considered. (laughs) So, yep. Uh, from what it sounds like from both reports, it sounds like, uh, we're expecting to see something in this realm before the end of, uh, 2022. So doesn't look like it'll be too far off before we hear word of what is going on. We will definitely keep you posted. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you're, whether you use a PC, Mac, or mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus traditional issues like rogues, trojans, exploits, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more, they get a special price right now. You can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Okay, this topic came up while we were off, and it is probably the biggest topic in tech right now, so we definitely have to talk about what is happening over at Twitter. Uh, and I'm not talking about the possibility of an edit button. <laughs> I am talking. <laughs> I am talking about the chaos that is um, the Elon Musk buyout. Um, in time for what would have been our last show before Avram got sick, um, Elon Musk had purchased 9.8 percent of uh, Twitter's outstanding stock without letting anybody know he was doing it. Um, he then was offered a board seat, which he agreed to and then declined when he learned that he could not own more than 15% of the uh, public stock. He's like, I've got a better idea. How about I write you a check and you get out of the building? Uh, and so um, Twitter's board of directors didn't particularly take kindly to that. Um, he has made... Uh, several moves over the last couple of weeks. The current one is he has filed with the SEC that he has secured the funding to go to the, um, the shareholders 
and bypass the board's uh, poison pill and purchase uh, stock essentially in mass, then be able to uh, terminate the poison pill and uh, purchase the rest of it himself, um, which is a big deal because this week he is also in court for saying that he had secured funding to take Tesla private, which may or may not have been true. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, there's a filing with the SEC. He actually has the funding to do this. Um, the board of directors has mostly been fighting this um, until a report today. Um, the board of directors met today, uh, I don't know, in person or virtually, to discuss uh, changing their minds. And they will make an, uh, an announcement. This is not in the article because this has happened since... This was published this morning, and this has happened since. Uh, they, uh, they met... And um, by their uh, quarterly call, which will happen on Thursday, uh, they will have a final decision on whether they will uh, change their mind and accept the offer. So this is fascinating. There's been support for and uh, fight against uh, a lot of people who invest in companies um, and go in and fix companies, uh, most notably Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful himself from Shark Tank has said that Twitter is a disaster and he wouldn't have uh, touched it with a 10-foot pole. Um, but if Musk were to make the purchase, he'd be happy to invest, which is an interesting sign, uh, but he's also an interesting guy. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing is fascinating because it seemed to start like a joke in the same way that Elon Musk's whole Dogecoin thing started as a joke. But this got real serious real quick. I think this is... See, what really concerns me about this is that he's buying this because he wants to control... It sounds like he's buying this because he wants to control the speech on the platform. And, you know, for a normal person, $43 billion uh, would be, you know, like, I'm not going to invest in something unless it's really serious uh, profitability possibility he may just be doing it as an avenue to get across like to get across whatever you know speech that he and his friends want to have because he doesn't like the moderation or something it's certainly uh, possible i mean the I other mean, possibility is that he truly believes in the concept of free speech and this and in his head this is some sort of public service duty i really he, like i said he's a weird guy I can't, you can't, you can't rule anything out with this guy. I mean, this he is, went, he went on, is, he hosted Saturday Night Live, I think, honest to God, I think specifically to try and drive the price of Dogecoin up. I think that's the entire reason why he hosted Saturday Night Live. Right. I, the other, the other thing is that, <laughs> the other thing is that he has used Twitter in ways that control, that, uh, have affected stock prices, which I believe has, you know, come under some question about whether or not it's, this is actually. It's the thing he's in court for right now. Is right, right. So, so here's a platform that he's used to affect stock prices. Mm -hmm. Here's a plot, and so there's some heat on him for doing that. Here's a platform that's also, you know, maybe he doesn't like who they've been moderating or whatever. 
So he wants to buy it. And what for us, for what any normal person, any even normal billionaire would be like, ah, you know, I can't do this because it's not a good business investment. Mm -hmm. Right. He just wants it to, to have his way because it's a, it's a, it's a powerful platform and he can get the speech out there that he wants to get out, whether that's affecting stock prices or his political point of view or something else. I mean, I think that's kind of chilling that someone can, can buy a popular platform just as a way of, I mean, of getting out their point of view uh, and, and possibly you don't know, maybe suppressing points of view that he doesn't like. Uh, I mean, once it becomes a private company, it's even less accountable uh, mm. to, it's even less accountable now. Because the SEC uh, is no longer it, involved. Right. It's even less accountable. I have not heard anything that he said that involves actually creating more, I don't know, value with the company. I mean, and if it's private, I guess nobody's to care, right? I mean, well, if it's creating so, value or not. So here, here's the reason why I'm not currently headed in that direction mentally. Um, he has leveraged his ownership in Tesla to secure the funding to do this. Which is, he's not going to be poor no matter what happens. That's true, but Tesla's like his baby. So I, he didn't he didn't leverage SpaceX. He didn't leverage Boring. Uh, he leveraged Tesla. I think it's his ego, and he wants this because it's his ego. I, That's what I think. I definitely think his ego plays a huge part in this. <laughs> I mean, for, for sure. I, I mean. I don't know if there's any type of, I don't know, of congressional approvals that have to take place for this type of a takeover, but like this is a very, I don't his think so. motives in doing this, is this basically takeover the, are very suspect. This is basically the 1980s, right? The, 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 the era of the corporate raider. This, yeah. is, this is the kind of behavior that happened every day during the 80s. Right. Okay. Well, I mean... So I, don't, All I can say so is, I don't think there'd be any congressional oversight, which is that was my only point there. This yeah. was such a common behavior in the 80s that I can't imagine. Although, yeah, I mean, federal judge rented a naughty video. And so a federal law went into place that you couldn't share rental history. But, you know, you never know what Congress gets themselves into or doesn't. They get themselves into weird things that they shouldn't and don't do things that they should. So I don't know. Maybe there is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they I investigate know, baseball seems, all the time. <laughs> I mean, this is becoming something that is almost like a public utility. Mm-hmm. It is that uh, well used. This and Facebook. Um, however, you know what? If it turns to trash, if people are unhappy with uh, his ownership, then. Uh, this would open up an opportunity for others. I mean, sure. just because, I mean, Twitter is only Twitter is only successful because of who is on it and the people are using it. Mm-hmm. The minute that it becomes uncool to use, uh, it becomes uncool to use. If people think it's accessible, people aren't happy with the ownership. Is the minute that another company can come along Something and create else. another platform? Now, look at now, MySpace. The e- yes. Now, what I do think 
this all points to is if you're really concerned about free speech or whatever and you don't want moderation content moderation maybe we should go to an open protocol maybe mm-hmm. you know like there used to be with usenet maybe instead of a corporate run uh social network like twitter or facebook where there's a constant push pull between that company's desires Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever you want to consider to be uh, free expression, uh, you or could just the desires decent... of the or just the desires of the users, whatever that means. Right. 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 I mean, you I mean, it's always a challenge whether you're going to moderate s- stuff. Right. Because you have, you know, um, because if something is a fount of misinformation, like, you know, that's not great either. But on the other hand. If you have something where it's clear that nobody owns it and nobody runs it and it's an open source type of thing, maybe that's like maybe that's the solution, right? Maybe you use something like the blockchain. I don't know. Mastodon. Sorry, Mastodon uh, is a is a platform that's uh, open protocol. Nobody's in charge. Something I mean, that I was that introduced to a couple of weeks ago. I've been hasn't really caught on much yet. No, but... no, but if a black hole were to open up and swallow Twitter, all of a sudden there's a power but... vacuum that lots of new... Because nobody had heard of Facebook either, right? Right. Until, right. until MySpace right. started allowing I mean, I auto-playing like... music and crap. <laughs> I would like to see something that was not like... Again, you would, have, of course have it you know there would of course be issues with you know trolls and moderation and stuff so i don't know exactly how you would handle it because if you decentralize and you Mm -hmm. just say like here's the you know here's the tools you know here's the tools now communicate um then uh you know obviously people will need to be able to block folks there will be all kinds of spam whatever but you won't have this sort of the target you won't have a business that has ulterior motives right whether the business is biased in some way about the information like they they like one point of view or not another or whether they're just biased in favor of doing things that make it ad friendly uh which you know that or result in more engagement i mean for example facebook Right, as a lot has come out about Facebook trying to show you more things that they think will make you angry. Right? Yes, uh, and the bias there isn't that Facebook has a a point of view. I mean, they, they maybe they do, but the bias there isn't that they support this uh, position or that position or whatever. It's that they support you being angry because they know that's engagement and engagement. Mm-hmm is their incentive so like it, i really think this is an area where the privatization on the internet has been bad making it even more private to be owned by the wealthiest man in in the world uh, is definitely not going to help um so you know but maybe using open technologies like the blockchain mm-hmm. uh we could people could come toward uh, like a common protocol and it yeah. may be messier because there won't be 
the same kind of moderation or maybe you maybe what you do is you have the open protocol and then you can come through someone's server that moderates it like oh you want the unfiltered version you want the unfiltered version here here you go but also like google or somebody will have like a kind of like an rss reader almost right like they will they will have something where okay we're going to provide you with like the, the catered version right and and we're going to block trolls and we're going to block spam and all that stuff so you don't see it but i mean i don't know it just feels like it's all been a step down since i started on the internet and we had usenet groups which were open news groups where people could publish anything yep. and there was no moderation and there was a lot of horrible stuff going on there uh, but at the same time <laughs> fortune very oh, i'm sorry it oh. was very open <laughs> Right. I just caught fortune. So, I mean, I mean, maybe you have like different companies offering a moderation layer on top of the, on top of like the, the thing, which is decentralized. But if we had an open standard for this, like all yeah. the things that we have an open standard for now, if one company controlled them, we would be in the internet would have never happened. Email, right. if email, email. If there, we didn't have an open email, if we didn't have an open HTTP World Wide Web with HTTPS, uh-huh. HTTP, right? Uh, where would FTP. we be? So, FTP, right? So all of the all the open standards that we have that have really made the internet what it is, and now you have the privatization into a couple of social networks which yeah. have their own agenda. It's just not. It's not been good. I think. I think it's been very bad. Uh, and but everybody has to participate in it or feels like they need to participate in it because that's where other people are. So right. I hope I would actually hope that people see this as maybe an opportunity for another social network to rise that is not that is an open one that is decentralized and not based on the whims of a particular company because no matter who's whether you like the owner or not, right? Like I like Google a lot too, but Google Plus. Their whim was it wasn't successful enough for them to keep maintaining. Right. So. Yeah, especially after that security issue. Uh, right. They're like, all right, well, that's enough. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a great pitch. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, we're gonna know how weird this is gonna get before Thursday of this week. So, my feelings are we will probably be circling back on this. Um, on the next show, we'll see what happens, but something tells me that, uh, that we'll be circling back on this real soon. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know, you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to these features, plus some of our other favorites, a link for a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber, and the ability to give it a gift, all by going to f5live.tv prime. Subscription fatigue? 
has been something that we've talked about a lot. There's a lot of subscription services out there. They are all competing for the same uh, number of dollars that are available in the market. And um, it seems that some of that has uh, come to hit uh, Netflix pretty hard. For the first time in over a decade, the company saw a net subscriber loss instead of a net subscriber gain. Um, the number that they gave is both true and not. They have 200,000 uh, involuntary uh, subscriber losses, um, which, again, first time in over a decade that that's happened. Um, in addition what does to the involuntary mean? So that is they did not decide to give those customers away. They also lost another 700,000 uh, paid subscribers when they shut Russia off uh, over the Ukraine conflict. So all in, they have 900,000 paid subscribers that they have lost in the first quarter of 2022. But 700,000 of them, they made the decision to give away. Um, so the two, the 200,000 were involuntary. They didn't tell them to go away. Those were customers that they lost um, based on business practices or whatever, those customers decided to leave uh, and another 700,000 uh, were forced away uh, when they shut uh, Russia off as um, an acceptable uh, business territory. Um, so whether they gave them away or pushed them away or they left of their own volition, the important thing to note is 900,000 paid subscriptions less um, over the first quarter of 2022. It's a huge number, um, especially when you take into consideration that it's the first net subscriber loss uh, in over a decade since the DVD days. I mean, that's that's a big deal right there. Um, the company has their beliefs on, uh, on why this happened. Um, they say that micro factors, including sluggish economic growth, increasing inflation, geopolitical events such as Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, and uh, some continued disruption from COVID are likely having an impact. Um, I have a feeling it's a little more than that. Um, and I think it comes back to a conversation you and I have had a number of times. Netflix is not the name that comes to mind initially when I think... What's new and exciting to watch on streaming tonight? Yeah. I I just, I have to tell you what their top 10 movies are, to, their top 10 for today are. Okay. I guess it's just top 10 movies, so it just, it's only, I guess it's only what they would call a movie and not a show, so maybe, okay. maybe that's why this list is so lame, Odd. but here's your, here's your <laughs> list of top 10. So this is, you know, presumably Netflix reporting what people in the U.S. are watching right now. Okay. White number one, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Okay. Which, Why would? Okay. So first of all, it was an interesting documentary, kind of. I, I'm just gonna put it out there. It was interesting, but How not many, good. What you'll see is that a lot of these are not Netflix, not Netflix originals. That one. Number was, two. Yes, that one was. Number two, The Cleaner. Cleaner, a movie with Samuel Jackson from 2008, where he cleans Weird. a crime scene. Weird. I randomly watched that a week ago. 
I wonder if I am the must... reason why it's trending. Go ahead. <laughs> Another movie I've never seen, but apparently Netflix original from four years ago called How It Ends. Uh, number four, The Adam Project. An okay, a pretty okay movie, which I watched with my son a couple weeks yeah. ago. Actually worth watching. Number five. But, but okay sure. is a good way of putting it. Yes. Number f- he he really liked it though, but he keeps coming asking questions about like why if somebody killed their future self, why their f- past self. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, so uh, number five, Shrek Forever After, not Netflix content. Number six, Shrek. Number seven, The Blind Side. Number eight, Shrek Two. Three Shrek movies in the top ten. They must Number have gotten nine. it yesterday. <laughs> no, those have been there a while. I watched Shrek uh, with my son on here a, while, a few weeks ago. Weird. Uh, no- Number nine, Grown Ups, the movie with Adam Sandler and his friends that's from like a million years ago. Weird. Number 10, A Medea Homecoming. Oh, no. That's oh, your no. top 10 movies for the for today. On a ho- on a weekend, where people would, there's not. I hate to say it, but they, there, there's not a lot of good stuff on Netflix right now that I, that they, people haven't seen. They know that I am so disinterested. Possibly they've read the article that they're not even showing me the top ten today. <laughs> Norm- normally, it shows up as one of my bars. It's not showing up today. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I am. I'm gonna hold on to this for a while. My wife still wants it, whatever. But I have to tell you, I do not watch much Netflix at all lately. Uh, what I am now now this is somewhat of a segue here, but I am now like lately really obsessed with watching British mysteries, and so and Netflix is garbage in this area. They have nothing, pretty much. So, or they've had a couple of shows that I've seen, but not, not very good. BritBox. BritBox and, and Amazon and Prime. A- and Acorn TV. Oh, Acorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a BritBox uh, subscription and an Acorn TV subscription, and those are my watching them every day now uh, subscriptions. So, and, you know, we watch Disney Plus, and we watch, uh, and every now and again, something comes on HBO Max, and... You know, for the Star Treks, we have Paramount. Uh, But Netflix, like, what is the selling point? There, It's Stranger Things, a show that hasn't been on in in years and will be on one more time or two more times. And once that's done, I think I am too. I want to see the next season of Umbrella Academy. Like yeah, that's Bella true. Academy. See, and this comes back, and I mentioned this on the on GNC Week in Review. I mentioned you in particular that we've had this conversation for like the last two years that we're always on the edge of going, eh, I'm done, and I'm like, oh, but Stranger Things. Yeah, it's back like there's month. it's like there's like one thing a month, maybe one every yeah. maybe two months, every two months that I want to see. Now that's not great. I mean, that's something, but it's not great when you got to make a decision and you right. know, the price of this is actually going up and you got to make a decision about what you're going to, 
uh, get you know keep and get rid of with all these streaming services when i have other streaming services that it's like hey i i'm finding something new every single day to watch on this on this other service yep uh and on your service not so much so exactly and so uh, one of the things that i didn't talk about um we'll, we'll talk about how netflix is responding in a minute um but one of the things that i didn't talk about in the article is that uh with the with the rise of all these other services and the the first time decline of Netflix, uh, BitTorrent is on the rise. So you, you had cable with lots of ads and not a whole lot of stuff that you cared about and a lot of stuff that you didn't. And, you know, BitTorrent became really popular and then streaming made things easy. Netflix and Hulu made things easy and now you've got 20 services and you're basically back to cable and uh, BitTorrent is back on the rise. So they might be shooting themselves in the foot here. So that's I mean, int- they that, that was an gonna... interesting statistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you, you can't really win because there's so many uh, streaming yeah. services out there. I think the ones that that do it that really have me the best are the ones where it's an annual fee, not a, a monthly. And, Interesting. And the annual fee is not not nearly as high as Netflix. So like, right. you know, Acorn TV was like $70 for the year. Okay. Right. And, you know, I, and in the first month that I, month and a half that I've had it, I've, watched like 10 different shows on there so okay yeah. you know Britbox was a similar similar thing right um paramount is also something like that you know yeah. so i mean i don't know I f- it's i find I, myself using paramount a lot obviously i watch a lot of hulu and uh, amazon prime but i find myself on paramount more often than i ever did on cbs all access which I find interesting, considering theoretically it's the same platform, but obviously it's very much not the same platform. <laughs> I mean, I mainly only watch the Star Trek shows on there. I mean, every now I, and again, there's I've been a watching show movies and watch. stuff on there. Really? Yeah, know. I've been. There's a lot of Paramount branded movies that are on there uh, that I've been watching. That are there's a lot of really quality stuff. Uh, which I was yeah. surprised by because there wasn't when it was CBS All Access. There was nothing to watch except the Star Trek um, at, at the beginning. But now there's all kinds of interesting interesting stuff. And again, I find the only thing that I, I ever kind of go over to Netflix for is occasionally if I, if I want to listen to a single episode of, of uh, 30 Rock, but it's also on Peacock. So <laughs> it's not that important to watch it on Netflix. So yeah, yeah. After Stranger Things um, and Umbrella Academy, I mean, I might pause it for a while, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, my wife still wants to watch it, so I think we'll, I think, I think I won't be able to get away with that. But yeah, I mean, if it were just up to me, then I would, I would probably pause it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the company's response. Um, it seems that, uh, they are not hearing what we're saying in that we believe that the theory that the problem is in content. And so they are axing content. Uh, 
they have already canceled um, Bright 2, which is a Will Smith-led project. It is not having anything to do with the Oscars. Um, and Will Smith is always a good lead and possibly even more so <laughs> since the Oscar thing. I don't know. Um, but it looks like that's gone. Um, they have fired the head of animation uh, for Netflix uh, and cut at least two of the projects. One of them, uh, an adaptation from a company that they own. Uh, they were so enthralled and so focused on making uh, what uh, Raw Doll uh, content uh, that they bought the company that owned the rights <laughs> to his entire catalog. Um, and they have canceled The Twits, uh, which was an animated adaptation of that story and um, also an adaptation of a comic uh, bone um, there's no telling what the future holds for other projects. Um, they've got some controversial stuff out there, uh, especially in animation, Big Mouth and HR. Uh, might, you know, they might, you know, take the L on, on the controversy on those series and let them go. There's also other stuff from his catalog, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda. Uh, that are supposed to be in uh, mid to late production at this point. Who knows? Those might get cut, cut too. Uh, I have a feeling this is just the beginning, um, and I fear that this is going to be like the writer's strike in that cheaper productions like reality TV will take a uh, bigger piece of Netflix's focus, um, and we'll see more of that content. Uh, but there's no telling. Um, I would not be surprised if the changes that they make when they inevitably don't fix the problem, uh, because I don't think that they're addressing the actual problem. I think they're trying to pretend that their content isn't their problem. Um, and by not addressing that, I have a feeling that investors are going to be looking to uh, make some changes come next uh, board vote. Just a guess. Uh We'll see. So, so one thing I don't think you mentioned is that that Netflix is trying to kind of pawn off its problems on password sharing, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has this plan to start charging people money if they see that the service has been used in multiple places or whatever, uh, crack down on people. Uh, which obviously they could make some money on that, but they could also really annoy some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll take the money. Uh, but, uh, but you know, and the thing is also, don't they also have some possibility that they may have an ad supported tier as well? Not possibility. Absolutely guaranteed confirmed by the CEO. Wow. I would, and what will you lose by being on the ad supported tier? Can you just watch everything on there? We don't know yet. Absolutely confirm that it's coming. Is it going to be like, like Peacock free or Peacock five dollar? Right, that's that's the question because yeah. the Peacock free right. is missing things and the Peacock five dollar has all of the things. Both of them are right. ad supported. What is it going to look like? But we also don't know what it's going to look like with Disney Plus's ad supported tier. Right, it's we know that they're coming. We don't know what they mean. So 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would seriously consider switching to the ad-supported tier because the price of it's going up and the quality of the content's going down. I think one of the things that is wrong with Netflix is it has no identity, right? Yeah. Uh, it is, is no, it has no identity. Like, if you think about the different service, like, I kind of really like these services that have an identity. Like, this is, like, this is your, you like British TV? This is your, this is your place. You want Star Trek, Paramount, you've got to have Paramount Plus. Yeah. You want uh, Star Wars and Marvel, uh, you've got to have uh, Disney Plus, right? So what, like, what is the identity of Netflix? Like, what is the, yeah. what is the big thing that you're like, oh, I got to have Netflix for this? It's like, oh, Netflix has stuff. They were going and hard it, on sci-fi for a while, and that was when they were really killing it, right? I didn't really like Sense8. But I know it was a big, it was a big show. That was a sci-fi show. They've got Stranger Things. Um, they've got um, Black Mirror. Right? They they were going real hard into into science fiction for a while, and then they're just like, ah, that's fine. And oh, they also had a big fail with what was that show? I forget the one with Josh Duhamel where it was a superhero show. Uh, it, it, like. They paid all this money for licensing it, like hundreds of millions, and then yes. they canceled it immediately. Um, what was the yes. name of the show? Um, I'll have it for you in a second. Uh, maybe I won't. There's so much stuff. Oh, my God. Jupiter's Legacy. Yes, Jupiter's Legacy, is. that's what yep. it's called. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. FYI. It was meh. Right, but they this was based on a comic book, and they spent a lot of money, spent them on a lot of money on it. Uh, unlike, let's say, Amazon Prime, which has licensed The Boys, and uh, that show is unbelievably great, and everyone should watch it. And, um, and it seems like they spent all of eleven dollars to make it happen, yeah, you know, to 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 get it, and they're like, Ooh, let's make this the best thing ever, right? And they yeah, did. They, I mean, they and Netflix they spent did. all this money to license this thing, and an hour in, they're like, "Ah, it's good enough. We're done." The more <laughs> the more money that they spend on something, the less the quality it seems like too. Because like, if you like, for example, you mentioned Bright, right? Most people didn't like the first Bright, right? And they spent like one hundred and fifty million or something on it. Like, it was. I mean, it was decent, but I mean, I think like. A third of that was was Will Smith's salary, uh, so like, why are they making? Why were they making a second one in the first place? I don't know. I mean, they spent a lot of money on stuff that's not that great. Now that's their the, problem. The, they yeah. there there's a great joke uh, from Family Guy where like throughout a particular episode, um, all of the characters had uh, Netflix comedy stand up special. And and they made the joke that anybody can get a comedy special, can get paid to do a comedy special. And that's the thing, right? They just, because they've been the leader for so long, right? They essentially created the industry. They, they've been the leader for so long. They've just been like a spray gun, just... Yeah. And hoping yeah, and, that and, something and hits. But they can't right. do that anymore. Right. They, the they need to figure out who is... they are. And it... Yeah. I mean, if they if they want to be the... Uh, 
the semi-political content network that they've been leaning towards over the last 18 or so months. I mean, that's fine. Just know who you are and stop being something else. You can't be everything to everybody in the new, when you were the only one, or it was just you and Hulu, you could try and be everybody, everything to everybody. But like you said, you can't be now. Have an identity. Figure out who you are. Are you, you know, are you doing these love at first sight reality shows? Are you doing, you know, high quality sci-fi, Umbrella Academy and Stranger Things? Are, are, are you doing documentaries about true crime and or I mean, the, national I, parks? I say- Pick something. Decide I want to say are. this though, the true crime documentaries that they've made, actually a lot of them are pretty good. Like that, they're like, they're documentaries. I mean, this is not what they're trying to be known for, I feel like, but the documentaries on Netflix are the one thing that has been consistently pretty good. Oh, uh, I would, pretty certainly, good. Certainly production quality. There's been, there's been some issue with the actual content, but yeah, I, I mean, for the love of God, look at Tiger King. I mean, besides, besides just the crime ones, right? Like, if you look at some of the pop culture ones, like the movies that made us, uh-huh, such absolutely. a great, such a great series. The movies that made us, and the uh, and the toys that made us, like mm-hmm. those are fantastic. Like they, I feel, uh, and then like they've had some others, like Catching Killers or whatever. Like they've, I feel like they've done a really good job with some of their documentaries and like. But again, I, that's probably not like an overall selling point. I don't know how right. many, how if they would keep their sub- two hundred million subscribers by calling themselves the documentary uh, documentary service. But. Sure, I mean DocuBox hasn't gone anywhere calling themselves right. that, so you know. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know the answer there, but they 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 don't have they don't have an identity, right? Exactly. If anything, if anything, their identity was either all things to all people, which is not a great identity right now, or we have Stranger Things. But considering that they get a Stranger Things every like three years, uh, that's not really a great selling point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll we'll see. You know, I I would say the next uh, the next next fiscal year is going to be really important for them. Uh, we'll see if they do make any changes or if they just try and play the business as usual game. Um, but I don't know. I think I think something has to change. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, Sunday night to 9 p.m. Eastern, f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback. Uh, if you can't join us live, that's okay. Pluckhitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. F5 Live, Pilch Point, Pluckhits Live presents, and a whole lot more. Uh, and all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Uh, we're still interested in your feedback on two things. First, uh, we've got our audience survey still running right now at pluckhitslive.com slash audience. It takes 60 seconds, and we're giving some free stuff away uh, to a couple of lucky people. Uh, who fill out the survey and second uh, hit us up on social media let us know what you think the uh, most innovative uh, product of the year was to you over the last how many months year the last 12 last year last 12 months okay just wanted to make sure 
over the last 12 months. Let us know what you think the most innovative product um, was. We definitely want to hear about it. Um, and I think with that, that will do it for us for this week. On behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.